Hi, Papua New Guinea. Well, the events on Tuesday rocked Papua New Guinea. It was shocking. For the first time in the history of Papua New Guinea, the parliament was stormed, destroyed, furniture broken, parliament staff assaulted, the speaker, I understand, was slapped. Now, I'm not sure if that really happened or not. I'm yet to confirm, but that's what I hear from a number of witnesses who were there. Opposition was in session. They were in caucus. We were reviewing our response to the budget, this very cruel, horrible, evil budget that's going to hit Papua New Guineans hard. That's right, Papua New Guinea, you're going to pay more taxes. That's right, Papua New Guinea, you're going to see less in your health and education in your provinces. Functional grants to provinces have been cut, development funds for provinces have been cut, and all these monies have been diverted to a few ministries like the planning ministry for a few select bestie ministers. Our treasury shadow minister claimed that this was a bestie budget. He's right, but it's not just a bestie budget. It's a bestie budget that's evil. That's evil. And I can't believe that these politicians could be that selfish, you know? Well, actually, I'm not surprised. Anyhow, they have diverted significant public funds into an area controlled by a few politicians. This is so that they can manage the procurement of contracts. There's no other reason for this. It's all empire building stuff. It's all short term projects. It's all cargo cult mentality, re-election, pork barreling type effort. It's a shame that they're doing this to our people, that they're doing this to their fellow Papua New Guineans. I am ashamed. I am so sorry for my people. We are so hated, it seems. Why do these politicians, clouded by their greed, hate their people so much? This is a question we have to ask ourselves. Meanwhile, while we were going through the budget papers, we heard a commotion. There was smashing of furniture, there was shouting, and there was people running around, there was screaming, and there was a lot of activity that suggested that Parliament had been somehow attacked or compromised, that there were a group of people in there that were not there for good reasons. We came out and found out what had happened, that a number of disgruntled um, soldiers and disciplined, not soldiers, sorry, I apologize, <coughs> and a number of disciplined forces who were involved in the APEC events had been upset about non-payment of their dues and had stormed parliament. We condone this. But at the same time, we hold the government responsible because they're in charge of APEC and they're supposed to ensure that all the people involved are paid. All service providers are paid. If you're going to pay hotels and cruise ships and foreign service providers, then why can't you pay our people? Why can't you pay our soldiers and CIS and police personnel and all the other public servants? Why do they have to wait and wait and wait? You know, this is cruel, this is inhumane. You know, many of them were living throughout Port Moresby under very difficult conditions. And I met with a couple of them and, you know, who are my relatives and they mentioned, they said, we haven't been paid, we, we, we're suffering, we don't have funds, we don't have, you know, decent food and we're worried about our families, we've been away for far too long without money and it's, it's you know, it's causing them to be frustrated and bitter and that's what happened. This is what happens when you have people who are frustrated and bitter, they feel ignored. And meanwhile, they're politicians that are, you know, hanging around on cruise ships, that are driving sports cars, that are looking very affluent, and 
people who are being paid significant amounts of money, like 16000 a day. I mean, this is ridiculous, you know. But the latest madness is that the government has come out and accused the opposition of being behind all this. I don't know how they drew these conclusions. And they did it almost immediately after the riot. And the first person to do this was the, the CEO for APEC, Mr. Chris Hawkins. And I'm surprised that Chris, who's a fairly mature type of person, would come out and say this. And he said, you've got to ask the opposition. That's what he told the media when they tried to ask him about this. He alluded to that fact, or to, to the allegation that the opposition was somehow involved. Next person to say this was Minister for, for APEC, you know, the, for Justin Chichenko. And he came out and said, yeah, it's the, he believes that there was a political motivation behind this because it happened immediately after APEC. That's your conclusion? How did you reach this conclusion other than the fact that it just happened immediately after APEC, you know? The next person to accuse the opposition is the commissioner of police, and the commissioner of police should remain, you know, he should he should remain neutral, and he should base his allegations on facts, and he should ensure that what he says is based on evidence that he can produce, say, in a court of law. This is a very serious accusation here to accuse members of parliament to be involved in something that was, you know, that that is very close to mutiny. You know, the destruction of the people's house, the invasion of the people's house, the assault of the public servants that guard the people's house and that work in there. This is a type of mutiny. This is a very serious crime. And for the police commissioner to come out and just accuse the opposition, he did not specify who, you know, and I would prefer that he did that. He should come out and say, yes, we believe that we have information that there is the involvement of certain politicians and we will investigate this. If he had said that, that might be acceptable. Well, I suggest that he also investigate the government. What if this was their idea? What if this was a false flag? There were a significant number of members of government who did not like this budget, governors included, and they were planning to vote against this budget. When all of a sudden this event took place and we were rushed to parliament and they had rushed meetings and they were all told to vote for this budget as quickly as possible because there were emergencies at hand. And they did. And later on after the dust settled, they looked at one another and said, we just voted for a budget we didn't like. But too late. It's already happened. You know? So what if this was a false flag? What if this was a deliberate effort to divert attention away from a very cruel, sinister budget? You know, and it's just very convenient for the government to immediately blame the opposition for this. I don't fathom this. I think there ought to be a proper inquiry. I think a judge ought to be in, in charge of this inquiry to find out exactly what happened. And, you know, the process of investigation to expose or reveal the truths, that has to be undertaken and undertaken by a neutral person, you know, preferably a person who is not in any way, shape or form someone connected to any political entity, but someone who is neutral and someone who can be trusted, let's say a retired judge. Those are my views.